0: If there is one thing that St. Matthew wants us to know for certain, it is that Jesus is the anointed son of David, the king of the Jews. In the very first verse of his gospel, he writes, an account of the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, that is the anointed one, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And then he goes on in 16 more verses to lay out Jesus' genealogy, starting with Abraham, going through David, and ending with Joseph, the husband of Mary, who was, in fact, his stepfather. Matthew wants us to know from the beginning that Jesus was the anointed son of David, the king of the Jews. In the second chapter, there's that wonderful story. We all remember it from, from Epiphany, Titus. When wise men come from the east, you remember the story, and they ask, where is the one who's been born king, king of the, of the Jews. Jews? King of the Jews. And Herod, Herod was frightened, fearful, and all of Jerusalem with them because they knew this was a challenge. This was a challenge to Herod's authority as the king. This was the possibility of a new king. In fact, if you read one, a lot of children were killed, Because Herod was looking for this king to take him out of play. The story goes all the way through Matthew until you get almost to the end. Almost at the end, Jesus is brought before, he's arrested and brought before Pontius Pilate. And Pilate says to him, are you a king? And Jesus answered, you say so. You say so. Interesting answer. You must believe that I'm something or other. You've called me here, haven't you? You've had me arrested. You say so. When the soldiers take him out, Pilate's soldiers, they taunt him. And what do they say? Hail, King of the Jews. King of the Jews. And finally, when he's nailed to the cross, when he, as I would say, reigns, from the cross. He's enthroned on the cross. The placard over him says Jesus, King of the Jews. King of the Jews. Just one more reference here until we get to our story for the day. After he was crucified, after he was raised from the dead, in the very last three or four verses of St. Matthew's Gospel, Matthew tells us that Jesus took his disciples up on the mountain and he said to them all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority. That's kingly authority, isn't it? That's the authority of a king. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So you have this great sweep in Matthew's gospel of of establishing who the king is. Who is the king of Israel? It is Jesus. So we come back to our gospel for the day, the Palm Sunday story. And Jesus comes riding into Jerusalem. Now, I want you to think about that story. Some of you know this well, I'm sure. Jesus comes, he's actually coming from Jericho. He comes up to Jerusalem and he stops at The Mount of Olives. Do you know that the prophet Zechariah said that on the last day, on the last day, the Lord would appear on the Mount of Olives? On the Mount of Olives. And there he would be acclaimed as King of all the earth. This is who Jesus is. Make no mistake about it. Jesus said, Borrows and rides into Jerusalem on a donkey. Not a war horse, but a donkey. A beast of burden, a beast of peace. But there's more to it than that. If you know the story of David, when David appointed Solomon as his successor, as his anointed successor, one of the things he said that Solomon was to do was to ride into the city on David's own mule. Now it wasn't a donkey. But it wasn't also a war horse, it was David's mule. It was a sign that this one, this Solomon, would be the next anointed king. Jesus came, comes riding into the city. Excuse me, I'm a donkey. And as he rides along, they, they take their cloaks and throw them on, on the ground in front of him, and they cut branches from the trees, And they lay them in front of him. It's as if they were laying out the red carpet. huh? That's what we say in the West. Lay out the red carpet. But there's again more to it than that. When when Jehu was anointed king. When he was anointed king to replace the wicked king Ahab. We're told that. When his lieutenants, when his captains found out what had happened, they did what? They took off their cloaks and laid them on the ground for him to walk upon. It was a sign that this one was indeed the king. He's the king. Likewise, likewise, when Simon Maccabeus, at the end of the Maccabean revolt, entered the, the, the fortress of Jerusalem, what did the people do? They sang hymns and waved palm branches. Was a great day. So Jesus came into Jerusalem as the king. He came into Jerusalem as the king, the anointed son of David, to reign over all the earth. You know what happened a few days later. He was arrested, he was nailed to a cross crucified killed you know <clears throat> just think about it what usually happens when the king there's a, a there's a, a threat that the king might be arrested usually he gets away he goes into exile somewhere I mean Jesus could have gone to Jordan he could have gone back to Galilee he could have ran away couldn't he I mean, that would have been what the most humans do. But he didn't. He remained faithful. Faithful to all his words. Faithful to all his promises. He, he stood up for everything he had said. Every word he had said, he meant. He didn't back off one, one, one sentence they nailed him to a cross. And he reigns from that cross. He's enthroned on that cross. It's on the cross that he truly demonstrates his kingship. It's on the cross that he is everything he promised to be. The one who is faithful to his father and faithful to you and me. Faithful to everything. And on the cross in his death are the seeds, if I can put it that way, the seeds of his resurrection. You know, if he, if he had escaped and, and ran off to Jordan or Galilee or somewhere, he might have died as an old man at 78 or whatever. We wouldn't even remember who he is. But he didn't. He remained faithful until the bitter end. And in that faithfulness, God raised him up to be Lord and King forever. Lord and King for you and me. That's who he is. The anointed son of David, the reigning king. And so he comes. On Palm Sunday, he comes. Actually, I'd say every Sunday he comes. He comes. One of the things we do here at the International Church is I carry in that book. I think you noticed, I hope you noticed that. But he comes. He didn't ride in on a donkey this morning. I understand some churches actually do that, they have a donkey come into their church. We don't have a donkey to begin with, but I don't think I'm keen on that anyway. But he comes, I'm going to say this curtly, he comes hidden in a book. Not really hidden in the book, that's an overstatement. But he comes in that word that comes out of the book. He comes right into our midst. He comes. us. His words are here for us. He lives, he lives in those words. For us. For you. You know, I, I thought this, I'm going to say it. <clears throat> it would please me greatly if every week when I carry that book in, some of you would turn toward it and bow a little bit. You're not bowing to the book. Who are you bowing to? The one who comes to us through the book the gospel book he comes he comes he comes you, you can't see him he doesn't look like he looked that Palm Sunday many years ago and yet scripture tells us, church tells us tradition tells us that he does come in the flesh. He comes in, the real Jesus comes to us and meets us at the table. He comes hidden, again, hidden, in a piece of bread, a sip of wine. But he comes. He comes for you. He comes to say, I love you. All your sins are forgiven. You belong to me. You're my people. You live in my kingdom. You're, you're mine. You're all mine. And I'm just pleased that you're here with me week after week, year after year. One or two more things I want to mention. When Matthew was writing his gospel, he he quoted a piece from Zechariah. You heard the Zechariah lesson read verse today. And Matthew quotes that. Zechariah had said, Zechariah had said, look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet humble riding on a donkey. Matthew had the words to repeat that exactly in Greek, from Hebrew to Greek. But he chose a different word. Matthew wrote, and not even all English translations are, not all English translations are faithful at this point. But what Matthew wrote was, see, I'm sending my messenger ahead, nope, wrong verse. Well, I'm in the wrong place, forgive me. Matthew wrote, look, your king is coming to you, gentle." and mounted on a donkey. The word there in Greek is praus. 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 I'm not trying to bore you with this, but it's important. The reason I'm telling you this is because Matthew chose that word on purpose because he had chosen that word, the same word, several chapters earlier when he said, listen, come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble of heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is his call to come to this one who is gentle. When we think of a king we don't usually think of someone who is gentle. Most kings are tough. You don't get to be king without being tough, or president, or prime minister, or whatever. In fact, I've often said, I'm an American, what I've often said is, a president to be a good president has to be just have a little bit of meanness in him, or her. If you don't, you won't get the job done. But that's not who Jesus is. He's the gentle one. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. All you who carry heavy burdens, whatever they are. It may be the burden of sickness. It may be the burden of guilt or shame or sorrow. Come unto me. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. For I am gentle and humble. care for yourself.